Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. The two-hour premiere event of Superman and Lois airs Tuesday, February 23rd, or you can stream free next day on The CW app. Wait, is Terry Hatcher Lois again? No, Elizabeth Bitsy Tulloch is. Who is Elizabeth Bitsy Tulloch? Don't worry, we'll get to that. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And I have two headlines. One is from Just Jared. Amy Schumer jokingly calls Natalie Portman a, quote, huge liar. Find out why. (laughs) I gotta say, Amy Schumer will always get taken out of context in the funniest, most absurd ways. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm always like, quote unquote, on her side. Obviously, she's done things that are pretty not on her sideable, but mm-hmm. I just think that like her career is an endless stream of being taken out of context. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sometimes you know, intentionally, like... <laughs> sometimes because she's baiting people and sometimes because it just happens. Okay, that's true. That's true. The other headline, which made me gasp when I saw it this morning, Jojo Siwa reveals she has a girlfriend, explains <gasps> the decision to come out. She has a girlfriend. Wait, I just gasped. That was real. Yeah. She told Jimmy Fallon. I hate that she told Jimmy Fallon. Like, Yeah, why it? does Jimmy get, like, the scoop on this? I, and Jimmy Fallon's like, hee, 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 hee. Like, it's gross. <laughs> Here she is. Here she is. So I was doing TikToks with the people who are in the Pride House. That's, like, what their TikTok house is called is the Pride House. And I love them. I've known them all for years. And so we were like, let's just do some TikToks together before I leave for Canada. And they come over, and we're doing this TikTok. And I was like, I think... This TikTok that we're doing to Ain't It Fun, I was like, I think this is going to out me. And I was like, I don't really mind because it is true. I do have the most amazing, wonderful, perfect, most beautiful girlfriend in the whole world. My thing with coming out is it can be a very scary thing. You know, of course, not everybody in the world is going to accept it right now. But there are so many people that are going to accept it right now. And like I say, even if there's a million people, say there's a million people, that's a lot of people that don't accept it. There's a hundred million that do. There could be a million people in the room and only one knows that Joe Siwa has a girlfriend as Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. And when she goes, and before I went to Canada, I'm like, what? Okay. It's like, I love Jojo Siwa, but just the storyline of this. I was at the Pride TikTok hype house. Like, imagine trying to understand this story 10 years from now or 10 years ago. I was at the pride tiktok hype house i love them i've known them for years how many years yeah. you're t- 12 no i'm joking she's older than 12 but you know what i mean like how yeah. how long has a hype house been around you know like we don't yeah. even have the, the concept of hype house is not even that old yeah put me in a time machine and take me to a party with james baldwin and truman capote and i'll explain jojo siwa coming out on jimmy fallon okay to them so she was like... at the pride she was at the pride hype house she wears these big bows and she said let's do a tiktok to ain't it fun by paramore <laughs> Okay, I just love I love everything about it. I I'm obsessed. It keeps getting better. Yeah, it does keep getting better. All things keep getting better. That's what Jojo yeah. Siwa is right. learning. Uh the, yeah. the iconic Betty Who. Song, oh, right, All Betty Who. Keep Betty Who probably gave her a quick call. Something Lindsay, I know you're straight so you don't know this, but the thing about coming oh, out what? that you have to realize is when you come out as gay, Betty Who's phone number just appears in your phone. <laughs> it just appears. <laughs> Okay, you're listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-619-WHO-THEM. <laughs> it's terrible. 619-WHO-THEM. Uh, Let's just start with this call. It's on everyone's minds. Hey, everyone, it's Jojo. Hey, tell me how you feel. I do have... The most amazing, wonderful, perfect, most beautiful girlfriend. Hey, Bobby and Lindsay. Um, (laughs) I am supposed to be paying attention to a conference call right now for work, but obviously my mind is other places. Um, The Golden Globe nominations were just announced and um, just came across something so egregious that I had to call in. Um, Emily in Paris, Lily Collins, nominated. Yeah. um, These awards 
bullshit. Anyways, crunch, crunch. The Globes have been needing to go to the Red Table since time Every year people you know? forget that the Globes is like a bunch of weird European people you've never heard of and will never met voting on stuff that they haven't seen. You know, Who are like easily is... swayed by merch where it's like, oh, Netflix sent them crepes right. with Lily Collins' face on them and bottles Truly. of champagne. And they were like, okay, we'll nominate Emily in Paris. Right. Cool. Like 12 people who've been to France a lot looked, saw Emily in Paris and were like, bonjour, we love this. France, Europe, allure, <laughs> yes. And like voted it in do you know what i mean like it is mm-hmm. the and it also like what was the tweet where it was like basically the f- being getting getting nominated for a globes kind of means you're a flop is supposed to oh, like yeah. not getting that nominated was a Will Kellogg tweet it has yeah. a, being nominated for a golden globe has always had flop energy it does have flop energy i see it all over the page we got mank we got the prom we got james corden we got kate hudson in music a movie that is significantly problematic in our culture right now that no one is talking about or seeing. Well, no one's seen about. it. No one's seeing it. Yeah. No one's seen it, but you don't have to see music to know that music is a huge problem, you know? Right. Meanwhile, the yeah. Globe saw that Sia wrote and directed a movie that's a musical and Kate Hudson's in it. We love it. We're going to nominate <laughs> it. That's just what happens. And I mean... The right. thing is, yes, it sucks. I don't think that just because the Globes, it's it's a complicated question. I think it's a complicated comment because the Globes do not represent the best that Hollywood has to offer because that is not something they're legitimately trying to do. That's not something they give a shit about. So, yes, the Globes suck. The nominations suck. But also, the Globes are so stupid and worthless that we shouldn't even be giving them attention. Like, we shouldn't even pretend that they're more than what they are, which is, like, a pay-to-play PR event, like a publicity stunt. And that's what makes it so frustrating because even though you know that they're stupid, they also get attention. And because they get attention and are perceived to be this like prestigious thing, which they are not, they're going to have like effects on the industry. And it's annoying. It's frustrating. But we go through this every year. Right. It's irrelevant what if we say, oh, the Globes are stupid, ignore them because they do get attention and people do watch them and they celebrities do attend them. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like not fair to be like, oh, you can't care about the Globes. They're trolls. It's like, no, like you can care about them because honestly, what they really are is kind of a precursor to what the nominees for the Oscars are. And so you Mm -hmm. kind of have a better idea of what the spread is like, although it kills me to see that the spread of the motion picture musical comedy is Borat, which fine. Hamilton, which what? It's Music, <laughs> insane. Palm Springs, a Hulu, str- casual Hulu. Str- how did that even get on there? And The Prom. There's so much stuff missing here. The weird stuff about the foreign language stuff, like Minari only being eligible how? for this and not Best Picture. I mean, I'm just saying, what's funny to me is the most glaring thing that's missing from the Globes, just in thinking about the Globes' personality and what they usually go for, I'm shocked Eurovision is not all over this thing. <laughs> Uh, seriously do you not agree i guess i sort of agree i just think that like they're a weird it's a weird stupid fucking award show that is more always about the party and this year guess what there's not going to be a party so it's more irrelevant than ever because the the justification that everyone it really is the justification for everyone who understands that the globes are worthless and of course the globes are not diverse of course they give so much less of a shit about anyone who's non-white or anyone who's not like nepotism like that's true but yeah. also, like, at least people have the excuse of watching it because it's fun to watch. This year, it's not going to be fun to watch. So it's no, like, it's this and year, I... we kind of have no excuse to enjoy the Globes. And the good thing is the, if there's any silver lining to the, like, I may destroy you kind of conversation of it all, what happens is now the conversation is solely around how it was snubbed. I mean, I just mm-hmm. Googled Michaela Cole and every single news article is like, I'm a writer on Emily in Paris. I May Destroy You deserved a Golden Globe nomination. Oh, and it's I like, May so Destroy is the now, best show of the year. Yeah. Right. So like, but I'm just saying now the conversation amongst people who know better is solely about this. And if anything, she's going to get more attention for this project, which came out a lot earlier this year. So sometimes those things do get forgotten by the nature of time. And the way that, mm-hmm. you know, stuff happens, what you remember, what you forget. And I think, like, it'll get more attention this way. And I think that's good for Michaela and good it, – like, it's better than a Golden Globe, maybe. Might be. I don't know how you fix this. I don't think taking them to the red table fixes it. I think the only way to fix it is that for <laughs> how like, do you take the clothes to the red table. I mean, you could probably fit everyone at the red. Like, there are only like ninety people in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. They would like, all just, fit at the table. Just put get make a slightly bigger table and then fit them there. And I guarantee not one of them would know who Jada Pinkett yeah. Smith was. <laughs> By the nature of the who these people are, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Exactly. <laughs> right. 
but like how do you fix it i think the only way you fix it is to stop giving it oxygen but that's really hard because even if this organization sucks it truly is an honor to be nominated because it changes people's career so like know. they get excited whenever they get nominated for this bad award and i get it i guess it's more just like the emphasis we place on the globes as an award system meaning like the show is fun celebrities go to it they get drunk it's seen mm-hmm. as like this fun version of the oscars what other award shows that are more thoughtful can become that you know what i mean like it's more about elevating the importance of other award shows yeah. almost i just don't think we're going to be able to convince these 90 idiots to make any actual change to their award show. Unless they change the body of their group, which is a whole other conversation. I don't even know how that would work or how that even, you know what I mean? Like that's the other thing is like, how do you get in the Hollywood yeah. foreign press? What does it look like? What is that process like? Do they have I, any type of impetus to like kind of change the makeup of their organization and who gets in it? Or we successfully as a culture decide to brand it as a piece of shit award show and everyone has to come to the agreement to never take it seriously. (laughs) But it sucks because like there is an aesthetic to the Globes that people find quite charming and has been charming because it is this like silly, campy, cheesy like alternate to the Oscars but we can't have fun with it unless they actually watch the shit that Mm -hmm. is out there that is good too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wouldn't be mad if they were like into the prom. That makes sense. Of course they're into the prom. Of course they're into Hamilton. Of course these idiots watched Emily in Paris. <laughs> but I think that's all they watched. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. You know? Does that make sense? Totally. And this happens literally every year. Every, every year, year we have the same. We, ha- we, we have amnesia. Every single year we're like, who even are these people? Like, right. these are terrible nominations. Yeah, because they're terrible nominations every year of our lives. But there's a funny Katie Weaver piece in the New York Times from last year. And we were like, what the fuck is this? So Katie Weaver wrote about it. But she has a funny line where she's like... Thank you to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, honored thespians drone at every Golden Globe ceremony, their gratitude burning as brightly as a fluorescent office light. Thank you to the HFPA. Thank you to is a phrase often useful for distinguishing entities winners feel obligated to thank. Thank you to 20th Century Fox, Rami Malek said in his speech on Sunday night. So who are the oracles who pronounced unequivocally that Green Book is either the funniest or most musical film of 2018? And then she she goes, in short, just some folks. I mean, that's truly it. They're just fucking people. It is just some folks. It's And every year we explain, we explain these are just rando people. If you tap one of them on the shoulder while they were downing their Netflix Emily and Paris champagne right. that they got from Netflix and you said, hey, why didn't you nominate Michaela Cole for Mommy Destroy You? They would look you in the eye and without a hint of sarcasm, with like childlike innocence, they would say, who is Michaela Cole? Who is Cole? that? Yeah. What's that show? Yeah, and then you truly. and then you get mad, and then you leave, and they go, I don't know what that person's problem is, and then right. they go back to their Lily Collins crepe, and then they'd get in their Netflix branded Volvo, and they drive to their Netflix house that Netflix gave them, and they'd get in their Netflix tub. It's Netflix on the bottom of the tub, big tub. And then James Corden would come in and be like, "Can I get you any tea? Like, can I add more bubble bath to your Netflix tub? Yeah, can I scrub your back? Like, okay, that's how the Golden Globes work." Okay, I will say the like silver lining. On this, I think for me, the takeaway that I felt tried to feel positive about was for best director, we have Fincher, we have Sorkin, fine, bye bye. We also have Regina King for One Night in Miami, Chloe Jaw for Nomadland, one of the best films I saw this year, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, three female directors in the nominee seat. We've always had a problem with this at the Oscars. I think that's like promising for. Mm-hmm. This is what the conversation has been about, like, wow, more, there's so many great movies directed by women this year, yeah. including fucking Regina King. How is this going to play out in award season? And I think this is like, okay, like a small glimmer of cool in this list of flops. And that's exactly what makes this whole conversation so frustrating. As much as they suck and as much as I hate the Golden Globes, like, I still want Chloe Zhao to win a Golden Globe, so... Because it makes a difference. I hope she wins the Oscar. I actually don't care whether she wins the Golden Globe. Yeah. I more mean, like, I hope she wins an Oscar. I want yeah. I want a woman to win a directing Oscar. I don't care yeah. about the Golden Globes. Yeah. Death is obviously number one. Crunch, crunch. There were a lot of these calls, but this is the best call. Short, sweet, to the point, death is obviously number one. That's true. Is that true? In our hierarchy of life events, death is number one. I guess because when people die and you've never heard of them, it's very sad. And you you could you probably like read the obit or wonder who they were or like think mm-hmm. about them a little bit more because it's like that kind of, 
I mean, obviously, surprise death is number number one since we did surprise engagement, surprise marriage. Like yeah. that truly is. If if they're not old, it's even more kind of like distressing, and you're like, what happened? That's nature, human nature, you know. Let's use. I mean, this this feels morbid, but I don't think there's a way around it. Let's use Dustin Diamond as an example. Oh. Dustin Diamond, who is was a I guess at by this point in his career a D-list celebrity, truly totally. classic D-list celebrity. I mean, he did all star. the reality shows. He did everything. He did the circuit. Yeah, totally, definitely. He had he had he had a little bit of scandal in, later in his life that and turned out to be really nothing at all, like not a huge thing. If Dustin Diamond were revealed to have been dating someone peculiar, like someone who's not on his level. We probably would have seen some headlines about it. If Dustin Diamond had come out as, let's say, gay, I think people would have been like, oh, interesting. I don't think any of those things we mentioned that could have happened to Dustin Diamond would have gotten more attention than Dustin Diamond dying. It feels kind of nasty to say, but I think that's what we're saying. But here's the not nasty side of that. It's also because it reverberates. So we had... Mm -hmm. Dustin dies so sad where everyone's like what happened how there's the story of of that he you know he got cancer it was very bad cancer it was late he found about found out about it and it was very much at the point of kind of no return mm-hmm. but then the reverberation it comes in like everyone in his life that he worked with speaking out and saying oh my let's so sad like all of his castmates or whatever and the news gets repeated 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 so maybe that mm-hmm. to me is like yeah. why it's kind of at the top because now I'm hearing from like Jesse Spano I'm hearing from Lisa Turtle I'm hearing from you know Zach Morris like all of Dustin's co-stars on Saved by the Bell a show that was just rebooted so therefore mm-hmm. like people are thinking about it so like you're right death is the thing that we can all relate to we're we're not all going to get married. We're not all going to come out. We're not all going to do these things. And like death is the thing that like it's going to sting no matter who it is. It's right. sad. But also like an obituary is kind of like a who is this person in a way. Yeah. And written in a much more flattering way than like just Jared top five things you got to know about this person. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, I'm listening to Tuesday's episode and I was just wondering where um, like getting arrested would fall on your ranking of importance. Okay, thank you. Uh, that MacBook, bye. Great question. Amazing It's definitely question. below death. It's, it's below definitely death. below coming out, I think. Mm, but maybe yeah. not far below coming out. <laughs> I think it's probably death, coming out. Arrested. Arrested dating. Yeah. Okay. They're dark. I will say I, I'm not surprised we didn't think about these because they're, they're dark. dark. Yeah. <laughs> multiple calls about each of those things hi you don't have to play this because literally who cares but i was just surprised that um what is left out of the page six coverage of jane krakowski and david rockwell is that he was the set designer on the 2016 revival of she loves me which jane krakowski was in so that's obviously having it i would assume although obviously they didn't start dating until a few years later um, also, that production starred uh, who Zachary Levi. Okay, bye. <laughs> wait, <laughs> realizing realizing that like, wait, this final comment really doesn't matter. Nothing. Truly, matter knowing less. yourself, knowing yourself that you could just talk about whoever else was in that revival for like way longer than we would care to hear. So you're just like, you know what? You got the information. Let's. I'm, I'm hanging out. Another fun fact: He won a Tony for the set design. Yeah. A few people called in and was like, he's not just an architect. He's like kind of a iconic set designer for theater. So iconic. But it makes sense that like Jane Krakowski would meet a set designer for theater in every Mm -hmm. way. Even if she just met him at like the Tonys or a party or a premiere. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're both in that world. So. Long time, long time. You were just talking about the song Yellow Yellow, the podcast. And I needed to call it on behalf of Australians that you know that. That song is, was also in an iconic ad in Australia, and but it was a remix. So rather than saying Mellow Yellow, it was, they call me Caramello, because we have a really, let's say an Australian them, which is a chocolate bar called a Caramello Koala. Um, and, you know, literally the first time I actually heard the real Mellow Yellow song, I was like, hang on, why is this person ripped off the Caramello Koala song? So, anyway, um, Mellow Yellow also like for an iconic advertising campaign in Australia, Crunch Crunch, uh, Yummy Pop, Scar Joe, Bye. I'm going to play a clip of the commercial here, but it's like a koala that's styled like Donovan. <laughs> I got it. So if anything, it makes way more sense with this with this koala to be singing about Caramello. 
Yeah, yes, yes. I'm just mad about caramel. It's acting in beads of gum leaves. Oh, I'm a smoother kind of koala. And all of my friends, they agree. They call me Caramello. Koala. They call me Caramello. Whoa. Smooth, flowing caramel covered in delicious Cadbury dairy milk chocolate. I go with the flow. We also got a lot of calls being like Rashida Jones and Alex Greenwald were in the, the Mellow Yellow yeah, Gap ad, which is were. true. Which is they true. Were. Which is true. They were. They but like, were. what else do you say about that? No, it's true. And it was the Gap ad. And I think a lot of people were like, I really do only know that song from the Gap ad, which, you know what? Fair. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. I, um, I figured you don't really... Um, know all the gossip happening on Southern Charm, but, you know, since Madison was featured so heavily in the latest episode, um, I thought I should tell you, and I mean, you can play this or not, I, I don't really care, but just so you know, um, my sister's friend uh, works in Charleston, South Carolina, and A-Rod rented an entire restaurant and took Madison out to dinner, and they met up in New York in December, and she was, like, kind of exposed on the uh, Southern Charm reunion last night, although they blurred his name out. I did um, tell Dumois, forgive me, um, and so now she's like making veiled hints about it being A-Rod. Um, yeah, anyway, I just thought you should know. I mean, usually I don't think you care about these people, but this is a true crossover into actual celebrity. Thank you guys. Living La Vida Laptop, keep up the good work. I cut certain things from that call because I don't want to get sued by Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. But like, it's interesting. And I think the reason this is interesting in calling is because it's like, oh, when it was Jay Cutler, it was sort of like, who cares? But now that it's Alex Rodriguez, it seems like a bigger deal. But like, how is this woman continuing? Like, weren't we just talking about this woman who I've never heard of before who's on Southern Charm? And like, mm-hmm. now I'm still talking about her, but it's with like with someone else? With like, someone actually A-list. Someone actually Right, so like, I bad. guess this happened because there was a reunion episode and they're all fighting and yelling at each other. And some Craig, one of the guys on the show, said she flew to Miami to fuck an ex-MLB player. And people mm-hmm. were like, who, it, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And fans noticed that... A-Rod had liked Madison LaCroix's Instagram photos in the past. In the past. Which says Mm -hmm. something. He knows her. He follows her. He knows who she is. Okay. Then you have Madison LaCroix saying, I have never been physical with A-Rod, with Alex Rodriguez. This came out to page six. She said on, she told them on Wednesday that they never met up. They've, quote, spoken on the phone. That's the truth. Adding that they've never been physical, never had any kind of anything, just an acquaintance. She said, he's never physically cheated on his fiance with me. She's trying not to get sued by J-Lo either. And that she's talked to him randomly, but not consistent. (laughs) She did not reveal the calls, the content of the calls, but said it was, quote, innocent. Right. Like, does it surprise me that A-Rod is, like, flirting with, like, reality show blondes on instagram not in the slightest have to say but don't sue me (laughs) no they haven't really commented but there's a lot of like j-lo and a-rod put on united front amid all of this madison Lacroix drama and like they're posting more together which is clearly a flex it's clearly a comment without being a comment it's it's clearly a comment which is what but it's crazy because this madison Lacroix person she also pressured Kristen cavallari and to put on a united post together it's like this woman is out here being like like searching for couples to threaten searching for couples it's so crazy it's like it's just crazy to me that it's like if it's not she worked her way up the ladder like she she flew from Kristen Cavallari to to J-Lo yes to elicit the same reactions from Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari as well as Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod this woman is powerful this woman is right and like stop trying to get me to watch southern charm i'm not watching southern charm it's also interesting because when she was challenged about the jay cutler stuff she did release text messages like she was like this is true i'm not lying about this Mm -hmm. but for this she kind of backed off because i think it's like less true than the other thing or there's there's something different about this than the other thing you know a rod is too rich and too famous for this he knows how to communicate with normies without leaving a trace he just does it's funny having to edit a call down because i was like oh (laughs) there there were just too many details in this but i mean you you get the general gist of of it and like you know whether we don't know whether this is true or not and but it's more interesting the way that it 
came out. And also, this woman, get out of the stop. <laughs> I can't with this woman who I barely know. I just love how the evolution of reality stars, now that we're in the age where like all of the best reality stars grew up watching reality television and like took notes. <laughs> like Yeah, truly. They're scholars. They know what they're doing. Madison LaCroix knows what she's doing. I know. Okay, next call. Hey, I had to stop the podcast uh, when you're talking about Rosamund Pike uh, and her internet age. Um, about four or five years ago, uh, the talk show that I was working on had her and um, David Oyelowo on as guests uh, to talk about some boring movie they made together. Um, and, like, the two of us, uh, me, Rosamund, and David were, like, on set waiting to set up for the interview. And she, like, kept going on and on and on about, like, how, like, IMDb is so fucked up that it, like, lists people's ages and stuff. And, like, I was like, oh, okay. And, like, she wouldn't stop talking about it. And, like, David Oyelowo was like, is this really a big thing? And she's like, they have my name wrong. And I've tried so many times. My publicist has tried to call, email them to fix it, and they refused to fix it. And, like, she just was adamant that this is a horrible, fucked-up thing. Uh, this is like four or five years ago, and it's just very interesting that, you know, Rosman Pike is so passionate about this. She also, um, when I when I met her, like, in the lobby, I was like, oh, nice to meet you. She was like, we've met before. And I'm like, no, we haven't. I, I, I would have remembered meeting Rosman Pike. Um, I would have often have met Rosman Pike before. But she was like, kept insisting. She was like, no, no, the last time I was here, I met you. I'm like, I was not here the last time you were here. And she was like, okay. I'm excited for her new movie. It looks really good. Uh, it's on Netflix, I think, this month. Um, she plays another evil person, so good for Rosamund Pike, however old she is. One of my favorite type of celebrity stories is the when the celebrity says, I've met you, met? and you're like, I would remember. Wait, can I? Just, it's fine. No, it's a... Can I tell the story? Yeah, tell the story. We have a dear friend who once met Taylor Swift backstage somewhere at a concert, right? And Taylor Swift said to her, I've, we've met. I reckon, I know you. We've met. And our friend was like, no, we haven't. And Taylor was like, we have. And she was like, I would know if I met you before. Like, you're Taylor Swift. Like, I would know. Yeah. You are memorable. I am not. <laughs> I immediately thought of that story after this call, too. And it, and it made me think for the first time that it's a thing celebrities do to ground them. I think, I think so, that too. maybe Taylor was lying and she does it to make people more comfortable. Oh, we've met. We've met, right? I had never thought about it until this call because I always thought that Taylor truly thought that she met our friend. But I think that she was lying and that it's a, an icebreaker. But I also think it's like if you work somewhere and the person has played the venue or been there before, they do it as like because maybe they have met you before and they're trying to like because how many people do they meet? They meet a lot of people. You don't remember anyone. So they're like. There's a good chance that this person worked here last time that I was here. So, oh, we've met, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we've met. Oh, we've met. We talked about the Raw's age thing. It's funny. Thank you to the caller who said that it's a clearly a thing she has a problem with. She has tried to change information about herself on IMDb and the internet and can't and is frustrated by that. So now she's kind of trolling the idea that all of this stuff is fake. Yes. And I love that David Oyelowo is watching her being like, Roz, it's fine. And she's like, it's not fine. <laughs> um, so thank you, caller, for that context. But I was like, okay, we really have to get to the bottom of this. We had a, someone email us and say, hey, you can get the records by going to this website, like the official government, like the Welsh records website, pay 11 pounds, get her birth certificate. And I was like, I will pay 11 pounds to get Rosamund Pike's birth certificate. I just need to know the birth date. We found out for sure that it is between the months of January and March 1979. That is unhelpful. That is not surprising. That's what we knew. Because like, I feel like I don't feel bad wanting to know the birth date if it was like, if I want, if we were trying to find the birth year, I'd feel a little bad. It's not nice yeah. to like, this is just you know, like, reveal a woman's age if she's really specific. Of, you know, like whatever, that's rude. Yeah. But like, I just want to know the specific date because now you've made it a thing. I would to know when to celebrate it and so <laughs> she's wait we should add that to if you find out the date we got to add it to who weekly canon as a day we celebrate well Lindsay, i we found the website the website has this weird so like i got the record thank you to the caller who directed us this website i got the actual record did you the pay record is uh well no so i got the record that's like um it's the index of all of the names from that period so it okay. says you know rosamond Mer mary pike it's like the volume that covers january through march births in 1979 and so it's like here's the page number to get to the actual record and to get to that based on what i tried between the years of 1954 and like 1984 those pages haven't been indexed yet 
So oh, you no. can't even pay for those records. And so I was like, well, this sucks. And so I was like, why don't I just email her publicist? <gasps> IMDb Pro, amazing. So I emailed <gasps> her publicist. And I sent like, when it's something so stupid, I'm try, I try to be What very, did you write? Can you read I it? Make it? It's brevity. I keep it I keep it short and sweet. And I make okay. it really stupid. And let them know, know that I know that wrote. this is stupid. Hey, Luke. His name is Luke, her <laughs> publicist. Hey, Luke. My name is Bobby Finger. I co-host an American celebrity podcast called Who Weekly. Apologies in advance for how silly it is, but it truly is something only you can answer. We recently discussed this viral tweet, linked to the tweet, about not, Rosamund Pike's it's not internet even that birthday. Viral. I know, but, but it's viral enough. They These people okay. don't know. On know. Rosamund Pike's internet birthday on her show and received several calls and comments in response. Would you be able to verify Miss Pike's date of birth for us? Our listeners are loud and proud Rosamund Pike's fans, and we'd love <gasps> to be able to set the record straight once we and for are. all. Since Wikipedia and INDB are inaccurate. Thanks so much. And sorry this request is so bizarre. We just want the truth. Question mark. I mean, exclamation mark. Best Bobby Finger. That's a great email. He wrote back. What'd he say? He said, this is her <laughs> actual public. Like, this is actually Rosamund Pike's Yeah, 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 yeah. Wrote back. Thank you, Bobby. But I think we'll keep it a mystery. Exclamation no! mark. I responded with a devil emoji, and then I said thanks for the response. Okay, whatever. That's so fucking... Now, you have to kind of respect so it, because, like, when it comes down to it, like, now it's a fucking bit. Give me the fucking date. Uh, okay. We'll find out some way or another, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure if we drag this out, we'll find out. But it's just so funny to me that the publicist is like, well, give it a thing, right? <laughs> really quickly, I don't want to waste the time, but the New York City water call is what I... No, what, no. The source is great. The pipes no. are what are bad. Old apartment buildings have bad pipes. That's the issue. It's the pipes, not the water itself. There we go. So I need to move to an apartment building with good pipes, what you're saying, yes. to get the good water. Yes. Okay, and now fine. let's move on to questions. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can't, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I use Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low-dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit. They're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We got new boots and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because Why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. Well, I have a good reason, too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots Huge. On the line dancing Huge floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm -hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like 
trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, TJ Osborne of the Osborne brother or the Brothers Osborne just came out. Um, I don't really know that much about them. I've definitely heard the name before, but I don't really know any of their music. Um, he's the first major label country music artist to come out, says the Sam Linsky timepiece. Um, of course, he's best friends with Casey Musgraves because who else would he be friends with? All right. Try to French fight. We both listen to country music, but not as much as our dear friends Kelly and Jeff do who, who live, live in, in Nashville, Nashville and are very embedded in the scene, and they love the Brothers Osborne. And so I kind of take that as like, do you know what I mean? Like they're a big It's deal. a great endorsement. It's a big endorsement and they kind of like always can, they kind of allude to us who is like relevant and who's being talked about or whatever. So these two, are they actual brothers? Yes. Yes, they're actual brothers. TJ and John. And what's crazy to me is the detail in the story that kind of killed me was him coming out. He's the like only openly gay signed to a country label artist. To a major def- country label. To a yeah. major, defined, but also like defined major country label. I'm sure there's like, that's kind of a weird thing to say. But like that alone is so crazy to me. It's huge. Like you have Lil Nas X, you have Orville Peck. But Lil Nas X isn't signed to a country label. Exactly. So it's like, we understand that that's the counter argument. It's like, there are some gay people in country music, but a huge label it is a big deal because Orville Peck and Lil Nas X entered the scene sort of as outsiders. Brothers Osborne seem like a very traditional country group. They are. So from that angle, it is a big deal. Don't, I just don't mean to discount everything that Lil Nas X and Orville Peck mean to the genre. I just think that there is a distinction there. That there is. is. Oh, or, Orville Peck is kind of an, he's a, he has a label, but I think I would think of him as more of like an indie-ish artist, to be yeah. honest yeah. with you. Their big song was Stay a Little Longer, and which was, Written by, funny enough, one of the probably few out and proud uh, country songwriters, uh, Shane. Shane. Oh, Shane McAnally. Shane McAnally, whose last name Shane. I always get confused yeah, on saying. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. Shane McAnally. Until Kelly was like, I always called him Shane McAnally, like not jokingly, just because <laughs> oh, I just, I was an idiot. And then one time Kelly referred to him as Shane McAnally, and I was like, oh. <gasps> You're <laughs> like, oh. Such a dumbass. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, interestingly enough, so the music video for Stay a Little Longer, their biggest hit, I'm just reading the Wikipedia, it was directed by this guy named Peter Zavaldil, and it received controversy due to the fact that it included a real-life same-sex couple's kissing. TJ Osborne said of the video, quote, we didn't want it to be about one person or one couple. We wanted to nail down the narrative that it's really about something we've all felt and been through. Mm-hmm. So like almost a precursor, mm-hmm. almost like a foreshadow. Because I think this guy has been, I think this guy's been out to his family and friends for maybe a long time. And it's just about like giving it the public or like telling the public, you know, that he says he's been out for a while. He's known himself and even true heads to use the true heads new. So this was not huge news to people in Nashville the way it kind of was to us. And I didn't even really listen to their music. I'd heard some of their songs, did not, did not really care. New country's tough for me. Like we got Cam, we got Yola, we got a couple of people. But apart from that, like, it's it's tough. <laughs> the most shocking thing to me about this, well, there's a good profile of him where he, he came out in time, which is interesting. It's written by Sam Lansky. And as Sam notes, this is the same magazine where Ellen came out. This is a big deal. And so a lot of the story is, like, convincing people who may not understand who the Osborne brothers are, the brothers Osborne are, like why this is such a big deal and it does a really good job of that but they mentioned the song 21 summer which is one one of the few songs that i had heard you're saying it's gay canon now. it's a gay song and it's he confirms song. it in the profile he's like that song was written about another guy it's a it's about a gay fucking relationship i hope you find the storm that you were chasing hope you rise the still is full of dreams as it was
That's very sweet. We love it. But I just need to mention that the brothers, one is named Thomas John and the other's name is John Thomas. And I John just Thomas, don't, yeah. I just don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> They say TJ is short for Thomas John, the inverse of his older brother and bandmate, whose name is John Thomas, named after their father, whose name is also John Thomas, although people call him Big John. Oh, my God. Too many John Thomases. And then we're going to use this to kind of talk about the story that did overshadow this story, which was kind of a bummer that they came out around the same time. And like then mm-hmm. that this other story like kind of dwarfed his coming yeah. out story, which was that Morgan Wallen, who we knew was bad. He was the guy who was not let it to, he was not allowed to perform on SNL because he was like seen days earlier like smooching mid pandemic, very not safe, very mm-hmm. not cool. They let him come back and perform later, and then he like did a bit about they like made fun of it. So he's like, I'm in on the joke, ha! Ah. And he did a yeah. huge apology, yeah. and actually it was a good apology because at the time we were like, okay, good apology. Turns out there was a video of him saying slurs. Yeah. No, I mean, he said the N-word. I think it's important to say, like, he said the N-word. And I think a lot of websites are like, oh, he made some controversial remarks on a video. It's like, no, he said the N-word. And right. it, there's right. a difference. It's heartening to see at least, like, a few different bigger country stars than him, way bigger country stars, uh, Marin mm-hmm. and... Cam, too. Cam. No, but also um, Mickey Guyton, who we talked about before. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Kelsey Ballerini all kind of have tweeted, spoken out again in various ways been like this doesn't represent us this is our this notice it's all women of course this doesn't represent Mm -hmm. our community and it just fucking sucks we never really said i think the brothers osborne are definitely nashville country thems i think that they're totally who's broadly and i think the same can be said about morgan wallen but i think morgan wallen was closer to them status because he had been on snl he already had his minor controversy that was compared to this playful and easily forgivable you know so I think that Morgan, an argument could have been made for Morgan being of them. I, I still don't think he was. He is now, though, in a bad way. And people are taking this very seriously. More seriously than I expected them to. Yeah. More seriously yeah. than I expected them to. He got suspended from his label, which is sort of a word, suspended indefinitely from his label, which kind of means nothing. I, like, we don't really know what that means. It's He has been kicked off the label. He's been suspended indefinitely. So, like, God knows what that actually means. But in terms of actual, like, change that's going to affect his bottom line immediately, he's been kicked off Pandora, Sirius. He's been kicked off Radio stations are taking him off Radio stations. All iHeart radio channels in the country are going to stop playing him. He's not going to be eligible for any ACM awards next year. Like, those things are really going to hit him. But then, of course, his fans have started protesting this by buying his music in mass on itunes so last night uh which was wednesday night he was most of the top 10 on itunes but, but you know as, itunes you know, is that could be is a itunes is like a very sensitive fluctuation of stuff like we had a friend tell us like well just keep in mind like <laughs> itunes doesn't really mean anything and we were like yeah you're right yeah i compared to like the podcast charts like if somebody releases a podcast that day their podcast zooms up you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. they have listeners. It's very much based on the day. It's not It's not a macro look at actually what the, you know, you'd have to look at the charts, to be honest, versus the iTunes charts. Yeah. That's not to say that people aren't, like, doing this to support him or even just hearing his, seeing his name and curious about his music, so they're streaming it. They're not thinking that they're contributing to anything, you know, even if they are, by checking it out. So this sucks. Now we never have to think about Morgan Wallen again. <laughs> I mean, I honestly Great. wasn't really, I really wasn't thinking about him. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. I'm just wondering what's going on with Chloe Bailey. I have seen a lot on Twitter, like, stop coming for Chloe Bailey, like, leave Chloe Bailey alone. But, like, I don't even know what happened to her in the first place. Can you please explain and discuss? Thank you. I'm alone in my house. You're experiencing Barbara Streisand effect. You're experiencing, <laughs> the, experiencing the Streisand effect. This is what God. happens. Chloe and Hallie, like started separate Instagram accounts and that was what started yeah. all of this. They went from being branded as one entity and Chloe and Hallie is the name of their band. It's almost like if your band had an account to support to to promote your band, but then you, Bobby Finger, started your own Instagram and people were like, yeah. ooh, it got purse getting a little personal, I see. My most personal album yet. Yeah. If we were a country duo, Bobby and Lindsay, <laughs> and we were only Bobby and Lindsay on all of our socials and then we went separate, we get some headlines. We've yeah, so headlines. it's like, it's implying that there's like a little bit of more of personal. And I will say Chloe Halley, who I kind of only started paying attention to this year because of their amazing album. I, mm-hmm. I will admit, I did not really Still care about them before. And now I'm like, this album is a banger. I love these two. They have like really matured in the public eye, I'll say. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on behind 
their scenes. But in the public eye, they've both really matured in ways where they're talking more honestly about topics that maybe they weren't talking about before. Don't forget, they were child stars. They literally, you know, kind of grew up a little bit in the public eye because their first album came out when they were really little and had themes for Mm -hmm. kids. They were literally Radio Disney stars. Right. Literally Radio Disney stars. And now this album, this newest album, has themes that are more mature, right? So like Mm -hmm. what's really going on in their lives. And what's funny about this to me, though, is that Hallie signed on for this Disney movie, She's Gonna Be the Little Mermaid, which is sick. So she is like, okay, I'm going to like take a back seat to this like maturity and let you, Chloe, express your sexuality, like do whatever you want. Like I'll be over here. And t- people on Twitter are like, no, like they're always like making jokes. Like Disney's got Hallie like looking in the, waiting in the wings, like just looking at her sister. Like, like I think that's so funny. Yeah. The pressure of Disney is real because how do right. you say no to Disney? Because what right. that's an insane opportunity. You have to take it. But also like Disney's breathing down your shoulder for the foreseeable future. Like, yikes. Right. So Chloe and Hallie are like, we're different people. I also think a lot of people think they're twins. They're not. They they're don't not. even look alike that as much anymore to me because I've seen more photos of them recently. But like Chloe's older. Chloe is the older one. And Hallie's a little younger, and mm-hmm. they're just they, – they've sewed these separate Instagram accounts. I mean, people just really have a hard time with child stars getting older. This is a real yeah. issue that we have as a culture. And so here she is. Chloe's like, I'm 22. I'm a famous singer, and now I have my own Instagram account, and I'm going to be sexy on my Instagram account, and people cannot deal with it, which is unsurprising for any number of reasons. And that is where all of the hate is coming from. And I think it's like – to go back to Jojo Siwa, this is what happens. Like, yeah, even though most of the comments are positive, it's like, yes, queen, like, do the bus at challenge, which we'll get into in a second. Like, the nasty comments are the ones that you get stuck on. And those are the ones that are obviously going to hurt her more. So that mm-hmm. is what happened. She was getting, like, disgusting comments. And as because she was a black woman, too, the comments were doubly disgusting. And so that is what people are commenting on. She participated in the Busset Challenge, which is explicitly sexual, right? It's like explicitly here I am going from like drab to fab kind of. That's sort of how the, sure. the meme works. Sure, it's like works. sexy. You like drop it's it. Sexy. I wouldn't say it's like explicit. I wouldn't say it's like explicit in any way. Oh, I don't mean it's explicit as in graphic. I mean it's explicitly sexy as in like it's objectively clearly sexy which is okay and people have a problem with the fact that she's like being sexy that she's embracing her sexiness yeah, you're right you're but right. anyway people were being mean to her they were shaming her for being sexy on main like Halle Berry came to her defense Gabrielle Union came to her defense I don't know people are just gonna have to get used to the fact that they are separate entities now they're not a group they're not joined at the hip it's so cute too like they're separated now because I guess like Little Mermaid's filming Oh, yeah. She's alone. So they're doing they do these like tea times where they like do go on Facebook live together like every Tuesday at like nine o'clock or something. And I just think mm-hmm. that's just like so fucking cute and so yeah. nice. 2 p.m. PT Thursday for tea time. This same shit happened to a different degree with Miley Cyrus, with Demi Lovato, with Selena Gomez, like all these famous girls who grow up to be famous women have to go through the part where they have to convince the culture that they are adults. Yeah. And it's an ins- it's and like it insane pressure. It's got to suck. And it always sucks and it always happens. Right. And that's why you have like the Miley Cyrus, Annie Leibovitz picture, Vanity Fair picture drama. And that's why you have like, you know, Miley Cyrus smoking a, a bong. <laughs> like and you don't things. have it with men. Like whenever Nick Jonas got sexy, it was like, ooh, Nick Jonas has abs now. There was no learning curve for him. The, it wasn't hard for him. People Nobody were was like, mad that Nick how Jonas dare you was, get muscles? was gay no. baiting. <laughs> When, when Zac Efron got hot, like, no one got mad at him. No. But, like, it's completely different for the women. And yeah, this sucks. is just the same thing happening again. It sucks. But anyway, that's what's going on with Chloe and Hallie. Then there was this call, sort of related, which I love. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Long time, long time. Um, when you search Chloe Bailey on Google and you go to the Instagram icon, on like her Google page or whatever, does it pull up the famous Chloe Bailey's Instagram of Chloe and Hallie fame and grownish fame, or does it pull up the Instagram account of a two-year-old Malshapu with 317 followers whose name is Bailey? Because that's what mine pulls up. So just wondering why this Malshapu is more famous, according to Google, than Chloe Bailey. So yeah. Um, crunch, crunch. 
if you click the because it is all new this is so funny if you click the instagram under chloe bailey on the google result all of us this happened to all of us maybe it'll happen to oh, you yeah. you will end up on chloe underscore with underscore bailey and it's it's a mouse poo with 321 <laughs> followers yesterday it had like 300 followers oh my god Something happened here, and Google is getting the wrong Chloe Bailey. Do you think and that it's that dog was Chloe Bailey before Chloe Bailey got the handle Chloe Bailey, and now it's somehow still redirecting to this dog new handle? What's the dog's handle? Chloe not Bailey? Chloe with Bailey. Oh, so Chloe's... it's dogs named Chloe and Bailey. <laughs> it's so Weirdly, weird. those are the names of my cousin's dogs. Chloe really? and Bailey. Yeah, really? Chloe died a long time ago, but Chloe and Bailey were the name of my cousin's dogs. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> it's just something. It's definitely something. Rebel Wilson broke up with her boyfriend, Jacob Bosk, or whatever. Why? Bye. First of all, it's Bush. How dare you? It's Bush. Um, I didn't see this at all. No one gave a shit that these two broke. Like, I didn't see this. Did you see? I saw it on page six. I don't know that I would have cared had the call not come in. Like, I don't think that we would have talked about it. But then I heard the call and the call made me laugh. And someone else called about this and then their cat threw up on them and then they had to call back. I think I'll play those other call. You're doing amazing, sweetie. It's like, hey, what's going on with Rebel Wilson? And then there's silence and they call back. (laughs) And she's like, hey, sorry, my cat threw up on me while I was asking about Rebel Wilson. Why did they break up? I'll play those after the credits. They're silly. Okay, but like, I feel like this proves that the breakup is way under the new dating. Mm-hmm. In terms of our categories, because like people did care when these two were dating because people were like, oh, Rebel Wilson is a boyfriend. Like, who is this guy? And then they broke up. Like, no one cares. Like, no one gives a shit. Well, dating breakup is different from divorce also. Of so, course. Yes, of course. So we have Rebel Wilson, a, a people exclusive. Rebel Wilson and Jacob Bush split months after going Instagram official. Colon. He, quote, was not the one source. And so their source says... Jacob was an amazing guy, but just not the one for her long term. (laughs) And then a different source, or maybe the same source, talks to page six and says, Sources close to the actress confirmed the breakup, saying their relationship, quote, had just run its course after Wilson posted on Instagram on Tuesday. Okay, so that's what happened. The relationship ran its course, and he was not the one. Mm, I'm sure it did. I wonder what its course was. It seems a little (laughs) uh, sus, but whatever. That's fine. What was the course? What was the course? It's like the worst course on Mario Kart. The Super Nintendo Rainbow Road, the one without the guardrails. You keep falling off the fucking level. Yeah, the Rainbow Road with the train, the really pretty one, that's a good Rainbow Road. The Rainbow Road that's Super NES is the hard one, and that's the course that Rebel Wilson yeah, and Jacob Bush you... were on. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad course. <laughs> it's a terrible course. It sucks. We all okay, know next, it. Okay, next call. Hey guys, I'm just really wondering right now, um, who is Jared of Just Jared and Just Jared Jr. fame? Um, really have no clue, and I would love to learn that. Uh, crunch, crunch. This is great because I learned something. Like, I thought I knew. I mean, I know a good amount about Jared. It's Jared mm-hmm. Ang is his full name. But I didn't know, literally in 2019 – he kind of changed careers. I mean, he still obviously runs Just Jared. It's his name. But he started a career as a stylist because he said, and this is so fucking genius, he said, I have been looking at these types of photos for 15 years and know what looks good on the carpet and everyday wear, and I'm passionate. It all comes down to how things photograph. You can have a cheaply priced dress that will still look good on the carpet or an expensive piece of clothing that can look cheap on the carpet. So he's like, I look at paparazzi photos all day long like you've seen just jared Mm -hmm. i know fashion so i'm able to connect what types of looks look the best in these photos and what don't what photographs well and what doesn't and that's literally the main job of a stylist it's not for in person it's for stuff that's captured on film it's for photos yeah it's for photos and and video event video stuff interviews or whatever so many of these bloggers that we knew and loved so long ago like Elaine Louie is still doing the celebrity stuff. She has a book and she has a TV show. She's obviously more famous, but she's still doing celebrity yeah. gossip stuff. Press Hilton's still doing celebrity gossip stuff. Michael Kay is still doing celebrity gossip stuff. And it seems like Jared was like, how can I kind of get out of <laughs> writing an editorial and do something that is just all me and a little more under the radar? But like, I think it's also because Jared, just Jared, has kind of been a 
relatively nice blog for a long time and i don't Perez and I, could never do this right and like i think he has always kind of been beloved by publicists and celebrities because he posts honestly whatever people send him he and he it's very simple we always make fun of just jared for being just so obvious because that's the point it's like oh kaylee cuoco at the panera bread beverage machine like yeah. just jared's like i'll post all of these of photos course. and i'll love it yeah, and those are our favorite types of posts. So it's like we love, you know, he's a little bit shameless in like whatever goes up on the site goes up on the site. But obviously that goodwill, you know, and being relatively nice and not being as snarky has led him to have the opportunity to do this. He works with um, Joey King and I think one other person he was. Uh, he That actor, Cody Smith McPhee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's who he works with now. But his whole thing, to, to answer your question, this isn't a long response. His whole thing back in the day, there's a good profile of him from like 10 years ago in the New York Times. He was always the nice guy. That's always been yeah. his identity. He was like, I'm the anti-Perez Hilton. I'm the anti-celebrity gossip as you know and love it. I'm the nice one. He saw a hole in that world where everyone here is kind of snarky and people like it. But what if someone was just like nice? Okay, great. Yeah. And and it's even beyond nice. Like there, it's not even pandering. necessarily like smarminess. It's pandering. It's, it's just pandering. like, oh, I'll post the press release. I'll post these photos of you at the like gift tent. You know, like it's fine with me. And it clearly works because he hasn't changed his methodology. Like he hasn't changed the the tone of the website in ten years. It's yeah. the same as it always was, which means it must be working. These websites can't exist unless they work. So the fact that this website is still around and still plugging away 24-7 means that it's working. Although he does say at the end of his 2019 profile that he is open for selling the Just Jared Media Group. Should we buy it? Sure. Sure. Let's buy it. Who media and talks to buy Just Jared Media Group? That would be. (laughs) Now that would be. That would be amazing. We'll post your press release. I would copy and paste so many press releases right into that CMS, baby. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We right. both work the blogs. We don't want to run a blog. That's, that's too much. That's, that's the last too thing. much. I that's already all got out we of do. I know. We both got out of blogs. We don't need we to We can't get back run a blog blogs. and do a podcast. Please. I need Jared to continue to run just Jared. I'd actually be so sad if Jared sold. Uh, that would be, it would ruin the site immediately if he sold to a conglomerate. That would be terrible mm-hmm. for the site. Mm-hmm. Let's play a quick game of Who Are Them? How about that? Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I'm going to call in every year about this. Um, This is my second year, so long time, long time. But um, Punxsutawney Phil, who are them? French Watch. Punxsutawney Phil, who are them? Oh, it's like topical. Yeah, one, two, three, them. Them. He's a them. Groundhog Day is like a holiday that people know about. I have a friend from Pittsburgh who, growing up, actually used to go to Punxsutawney every year, like pre-Groundhog Day, like early childhood memories in the you late 80s. pre the movie Groundhog pre Day. Pre the movie, yeah, pre the movie. And was like, yeah. it was just a stupid thing that we did it as a family and like no one went. And he was like, I remember like we stopped going after the movie because it became a huge thing. And it was like no longer fun. <laughs> right, like it's kind of crazy to think about that Groundhog Day existed before the movie and what it was like because the movie clearly redefined it as the, mo- mm-hmm. as the movie. Like it's yeah. not... Groundhog's Day is like kind of nothing to do with what it had to do with before. It just has to do with Bill Murray. <laughs> with the movie, yeah. Because it's such a good movie. Hi, guys. This is a who or them. I've been watching Barry um, and Stephen Root is obviously Fuchs. And it made me think of whether he is a who or them. Obviously, he's known for his iconic role as stapler guy Milton in Office Space. I feel like this must have come up before when Barry was actually more relevant. But anyway, I just feel like Stephen Root has a name that embeds itself into your consciousness once you know it. So that's my question. Stephen Root, who or them? All right. That, Mac, book. Bye. God, this is the ultimate that guy. This is like the most that guy there is. Oh, he's it's more that, that guy. guy than Stephen Tobolowski and Groundhog Day. <laughs> I truly, and that's another that guy. One, two, three. Who? 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 Like, who? 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 So who, who? But yes, I mean, like iconic roles, sure. But like, you're never gonna know this guy's name. Who? He's that guy. Yes. Hi, uh, first time, medium time. Um, I'm calling about Lana Condor. I've gone down like a rabbit hole. I think she must have something coming out soon because she's kind of everywhere. I'm like Vogue Beauty Secrets and all this stuff. 
Um, and I want to know if she's a who or a them. Thanks so much. Crunch, crunch. God, it's like every time the like to, when all the to all the boys I love before video movie train comes back around. I guess this is the last one though. Mm-hmm. Lana Condor is like, oh, Lana Condor, and like I think she's great. I really like her, but I would, I would say like this didn't like project her into then dumb as much as like maybe I think people thought. I do think these movies are a lot bigger for younger people, so it's like yeah, she's totally. definitely a them a Gen Z them for sure. Yeah. Okay, There's just no true. way these movies are are so huge. But that's she true. also can't. She can't do her adult stuff until she's done with this. So it's like, right. yeah, I think she's absolutely going to be a them, but also like she has to tie the knot on these Netflix movies so that she can move on. She probably signed a contract to do three of these fucking movies. I and know. once she's done, like it's genie or free time, like Lana Condor can move on. I have more faith in her than I do in Noah Centineo to like get to the next level. But I think oh, yeah. he's getting that heartthrob thing, which tends to make you move faster than someone else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that she one, two, three. Who? Because Noah Centineo still a who. Joey King still a who. He is. He's who we too. <laughs> Joey King and Lana Condor have have what it takes. I would say. You, why Joey King? Or why are you wrapping Joey King in this? Just because I mentioned her? Because of she, no, because of uh, the kissing booth. Because they got oh, their big the breaks on Netflix booth. movies for kids. Okay, <laughs> for and Netflix here's, movies for children. Right. But also to all the boys, it's much less for children. It's to all the also, boys. To it's all the boys is watchable. a good movie. It's a cute and movie. Kissing booth is trash. Yeah, <laughs> right. I've seen to all the boys. I will never finish the kissing. I started the kissing booth and I was like, <gasps> my TV caught fire. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Truly, Kissing Booth is like, how did this get made in a very specific way? Okay, but we know how it got made, obviously. Okay, who's next? Is Jenny Craig a who or a them? Crunch, crunch. Jenny Craig. I don't know why this is so funny to me. Well, because like, who is Jenny Craig, but also who is Jenny Craig? Like, She's a I'm, real woman. But Jenny Craig is a them of like, a, it's like the Kleenex or whatever of like weight loss, you know? Yeah, queen of weight loss. It's just weird that the brand is a woman's name that's not even a real woman. Yeah. Well, she is a real woman. But her name is not Jenny Craig. Well, she married a Craig. So her name is Genevieve Craig, but she goes by Jenny Craig. <laughs> okay, she married fine. She married a guy and then they well, started this is, the this woman's together. married name is not even her. Okay, fine. It's Genevieve her married name. Craig, not as catchy as yeah. Jenny Craig. It also gets it also gets like slightly less empowering when you when you realize it's her husband's last name. I but know. Whatever do okay. you. One Two, three, them. them. Jenny Craig is a them. You know she's Australian. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, so you have to say it like Jenny Craig. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig. <laughs> Our Australian accents need work. Okay. Hey, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, I just found out that Tiffany Haddish and Common are dating from their silhouette TikTok challenge. Um, was that common knowledge? Am I just stupid? And uh, Common and Tiffany Haddish, who's are them? Uh, good form, Bella Thorne. Crunch, crunch. Common knowledge? Is that common? <laughs> common knowledge. Here we go. Let's do them individually first because this is this is my my stance on this. Common, who are them? One, two, three. Them. them. Yeah. Tiffany Haddish, who are them? One, two, three. Them. Them. Tiffany Haddish and Common. As a couple, one, two, three, who? Kind of hooey. <laughs> I think they're hooey. I think they are an extremely hooey couple. They're kind of corny. They're corny. But people do like them as a couple. There's a weird thirstiness with them that like yes, makes me think of thirsty. like um, Kristen Bell and Dax. Sure, like J-Lo and A-Rod. There's all these thirsty couples like Chrissy and John. Reminds me of uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar, how, how they're doing like Spawn for dishwashers or like yeah, Cascade Soap. That. I'm just like... Right. I feel like Tiffany Haddish and Common doing Spawn for Mrs. Meyer's soap is like right around the corner. Right. I'm sure they already have. It's like they're asking for it and they'll get it because, you know, I think people do like both of them. Finding out that they're dating because of their TikTok sexy silhouette challenge is Is the hooiest thing possible. Sorry. Yeah. We're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There, our weekly call-in show. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, support us on patreon.com slash who weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes and an occasional newsletter. Oh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Love your ratings and reviewings on Apple Podcasts. And Love we'll them. see you on Tuesday with another episode. Have a great weekend. Bye.
PSA for all of your listening listeners out there. Sorry. Um, I would just like everyone to know that Lady Gaga Chromatica Oreos will turn your poop green. I found this out the hard way when my four-year-old ate way too many of them. And, well, I had to wipe his butt because that's how mom life is. All right. Wanted to let you know. Crunch, crunch. Love you guys. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, Rebel Wilson and her creepy heir to the Budweiser bush. Is that what they are called? Family. Um boyfriend broke up and why do you think they broke up um hey Lindsay Bobby just called about Rebel Wilson and how she broke up with her Budweiser Bush heir boyfriend who was hella creepy and was kind of a user we think um and as I was talking, my uh, cat threw up, so uh, it cut off. Anyway, she posted on her Instagram, um, lots on my mind, ellipsis, uh, ellipsis, hashtag single girl headed to Super Bowl, and single girl heading to Super Bowl is all, like, hyphenated. So it's, like, hashtag single girl heading to Super Bowl. Hi. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, long time, long time. So I had to pause the podcast when you were pause. Um, because when you're talking about the Jason Lewis shooting cast with rice, um, it is a very LA problem because I have my mom's best friend is dealing with the exact same thing in the Hollywood Hills where she has a neighbor who is feeding feral cats and they're like in all in her yard and, and um it's very annoying and pooping everywhere. Um, and the, <laughs> the person in this case who is feeding the frail cats is the um, assistant to an A-list person, which is also very funny because they keep, like, using that as saying, like, how dare you? Like, I'm the assistant to this person. And my mom's friend is like, okay, like, I don't really give a shit. Um, anyway, this is all to say that if you have listeners who are struggling with the same thing, what finally worked is cougar urine, which you can buy. Um, I think, like, on the Amazon or, like, at the drugstore or the drugstore, like, hardware store, you can just, like, buy canisters of cougar urine. So, like, if Jason Lewis is listening to this, that's um, – you, like, pour it in your yard and then, like, it makes them scared because they can smell the scent of, like, a, you know, a cougar. Um, so that's just, like, a quick PSA for anybody who is struggling with feral cats in their yard. Um <laughs> Great. Uh, women don't belong in balloons in Crunch Crunch Bay. Can you guys tell me a little bit about Andy Jassy, current who about to be Amazon them? Love to hear it. Thank you. Crunch Crunch. Good night. Uh, hi, Who Weekly. I want to repeat. I better hang up.